Hello, Joshua P. Warren here. Uh, so I've got a little bonus track for you. I was recently talking about people who believe in the flat earth theory, and I mentioned that I had last year recorded a podcast about the hollow earth theory, that there are actually beings living inside the earth. And I originally recorded and published this in April of 2017, inspired by a book that Timothy Green Beckley published. And so I figured, you know, as a nice little bonus here, I'll just go ahead and uh, recut this so that you now are able to hear this. If you missed it before, uh, great. If you heard it last year, maybe you'll enjoy hearing it again. So this was originally uh, part of what's called the Speaking of Strange Report, which was sort of the companion that I would record sometimes uh, along, well, to, uh, to support the main Speaking of Strange show. So here you go, uh, from April of 2017, uh, me talking about the hollow earth theory. Enjoy. I want to get into a subject that I have found very bizarre and intriguing for a long time. And uh, there's some, some information that's now available for the first time about this subject that we will uh, we'll dig into right now. It is about the question of what is really at the center of the earth. We'll call this chapter one, the hollow earth theory. You know, it's funny to think that we have been to the moon we have been to the bottom of the ocean, but we have never been, according to mainstream scientists, to the center of the earth. Now, the center of the earth is 3,958 miles deep. 3,958 miles deep. Now, the United States is roughly about 3,000 miles wide from coast to coast so we're talking about a distance that's significantly greater 3,958 miles to get to the center of the earth and they say that just the crust alone the part that we're on the most outer layer is 21 miles thick and yet the deepest that we have ever ever drilled we humans, uh, is called the Kola Superdeep Borehole. It was drilled by the Russians for scientific study in 1970. And it is just 7.4 miles deep. So not even halfway through the crust. And, in fact, they say that if that borehole were actually a straight drop, and you jumped in it, uh, it would take you less than five minutes to hit the bottom. That'd be an interesting fall, though, wouldn't it? Close to five minutes. So that gives you an idea of how scarcely we have scratched the surface in a very literal way regarding what this planet is composed of, what's here below our feet. Of course, in 1864, Jules Verne wrote his 
adventure fantasy novel called Journey to the Center of the Earth. Uh, to this day, we supposedly have had no direct visual observation of what is at the center of the Earth. Why is that? Well, here is what mainstream scientists tell us. They say that the Earth is so vast, to put this into greater perspective, if you theoretically dug a hole straight down from the crust to the center of the Earth, and you jumped in that hole, it would take you approximately... 42 minutes of free fall before you would reach the center of the earth and supposedly say the mainstream scientist uh, you actually could not continue at that point falling so that you would come out the other side and that's because if you fell down this giant hole and you got right there into the center of the earth you would actually float as if you were in outer space why is that? They say it's because at that point, all of the Earth's mass would be more or less equally distributed around you, and so there would be no particular spot pulling you in a particular direction, so you would sort of be floating there. That sounds pretty cool. But uh, they say, look, that could never happen, because for one thing, it's so hot they predict that the heat at the center of the earth would be about 10,800 degrees Fahrenheit. That is hotter than the surface of the sun. And uh, that has to do with, uh, well, a lot of the pressure from all the rocks around, etc. Um, and the, the, the pressure in and of itself would be so great that they say it would crush a human. That basically, if you had a space at the center of the Earth, the pressure there would have to be at least equal to the pressure of all the rocks around it. And so it seems uh, impossible to, to, to imagine how a human could actually endure such pressures. So you have these various issues of you know heat and pressure even if you could get there and float around so given those hypotheticals what do the scientists really tell us they think mainstream scientists about what's at the center of the earth well they say look we've never been there to get a direct look with their own eyes so we're relying on measurements of seismic waves that pass through the planet over the years, they have created these uh, bases all around the Earth that pick up seismic waves from earthquakes. So, for example, if there's an earthquake on one side of the Earth, they measure how the waves are traveling, apparently, through the Earth and coming out on the other side, and they're imaging that. They're also... Uh, looking at how the waves travel through the earth from nuclear detonations. That's one of the key ways, historically, since the Cold War, that one country has kept an eye on another country's nuclear testing. If somebody sets off a nuke somewhere, then it produces these waves that ripple through the earth that can be picked up on the other side of the earth. 
So they say that by looking at these waves and and knowing that there are certain waves that can only pass through solids of a certain kind and certain waves that can only pass through liquids of a particular kind, some of these they call P waves, some they call S waves, that they, they've created this image that we all are taught in school of what the Earth supposedly looks like. It has a solid inner core, and then it has a liquid outer core, and then it has a mantle, and then the crust. It's like layers of an onion. And of course, we all know what it looks like when lava comes spurting out from the earth. It looks pretty scary and impressive, and it doesn't look like the sort of thing you would want to go diving into. But, thinking about these things might make you believe there's no way that there could be some type of an existence, a civilization within the earth. Uh, but, on the other hand, uh, maybe there are caverns that perhaps don't actually go right through the center of the earth, or maybe there are other elements or gases or scientific factors at play within the earth that we're not aware of. Maybe it is possible that the bulk of the earth looks the way the mainstream scientists think but not but not all of it on the inside i mean hey we know that scientists have been wrong before about the makeup of the earth we all know they used to believe it was flat now look i think that these views the mainstream scientists have are plausible and the most likely uh, information about what the earth uh, looks like, or let me put it this way, it provides the most uh, likely visual of what is actually there. But the fact of the matter is, I don't know, and you don't know, nobody knows because we haven't been there. And so it is very interesting when we get these weird reports throughout history of individuals who supposedly come into contact with some kind of esoteric hidden civilization or culture within the earth that's why it was so interesting when i received a copy of this new book published by my buddy Timothy Green Beckley, UFO Meister, Mr. UFO. And um, now I want to let you know something. Um, I, I Recently I read some uh, from a book that Timothy Green Beckley published, and that was about uh, Commander X and, and aliens and whatnot. He's always publishing amazing stuff. I'm, I do not get paid to promote his books. I do not sell his books. I am only bringing this up to you because this is really interesting, fascinating stuff that Tim Beckley is presenting for public consumption. And he has this new anthology. It's called Secret Exploits of Admiral Richard E. Byrd, The Hollow Earth... Nazi occultism, 
secret societies and the JFK assassination. Whoa. Um, even I have never seen all those topics strung together before. Now, I know who Richard Byrd is. Very respected uh, military man in America who explored the North Pole, the South Pole. And for years there has been controversy over his life and some of the secrets that he may have been keeping. Um, let me just read to you the back of this book. because This just came out. Did Admiral Richard E. Byrd lead a secret private life away from the prying eyes of the public? What was his ultimate involvement with the assassination of President John F. Kennedy? I'm going to continue reading some of the text here on the back of this. It says, Several years ago, a mysterious manuscript said to be Admiral Richard E. Byrd's private diary emerged. In it, Byrd wrote about a vast, ice-free paradise beyond the poles. Quote, We are crossing over the small mountain range and still proceeding northward as best as can be ascertained. Beyond the mountain range is what appears to be a valley with a small river or stream running through the center portion. There should be no green valley below. Something is definitely wrong and abnormal here. We should be over ice and snow. To the port side are great forests growing on the mountain slopes. Our navigation instruments are still spinning. The gyroscope is oscillating back and forth." During his career as an explorer, up until his death in March of 1957, Byrd was considered a national hero. Besides exploring both poles, it is alleged the veteran Navy commander had come upon an entranceway that led into a hollow earth inhabited by a race of giants. Rumor also has it that Byrd, during his 1947 expedition was confronted by a lost battalion of Nazis whose settlement was being guarded by a fleet of back-engineered flying saucers. And while Byrd's scientific team was supposed to stay for six months in this frozen region, his expedition was called off shortly after his arrival. Uh, says what is generally not known is that on one of Byrd's sojourns to Antarctica, he sought to stave off mutiny among his crew by enlisting some of the younger members into a very secretive loyal legion. It's the name of a society uh, which enabled him to clamp down on any leaks about his missions and discoveries. And it goes on to talk about that, you know, <clears throat> this diary is... Um, is debated okay uh i've heard of this diary before and there are some people who believe it's very authentic and some people who say that this was a hoax one of the things i like about this book is that um it takes a really uh, multifaceted diverse look at all these angles related to this mystery and uh, it, there are some chapters that just point out specifically that this diary was bunk, and then there are others who say, look, we can't just totally write this off. You have a lot of authors involved in this uh, in this book. 
of course, my good friend, my old cousin, Micah Hanks. He has a chapter called Dark Secrets Below the Ice, the truth behind Antarctica's Nazi UFO-based conspiracy. We have chapters written by Tim Cridland, Sean Castile. Uh, Tim Beckley himself writes some stuff. Um, it's just its a really fascinating book. So I was talking to Tim about this, and he said that he would love for me to share some passages that I find interesting with all of you on this podcast. And, um, you know, there are folks who say everything you can imagine about this hollow earth thing. They say that um, the UFOs that are seen flying around earth are not from outer space. They're actually from the inner earth. Um, that maybe these are vehicle from the original earthlings or inhabitants that have been here a lot longer than humans have. Um, you have people out there who say that uh, you have the typical lost world in there with dinosaurs. Um, you have people who say that the whole thing's been, you know, taken over by Nazis and secret societies. You know, it's it's one of those things that's just... It, it's open to anybody's ideas because nobody knows for sure. So I want to read to you this uh, part of this one section here that I think is really interesting because it gets very visual. And um, it tells about an account that a couple of fellows had who supposedly stumbled into this inner earth. And, and by the way, my understanding is that, okay, if you were flying over the let's say the North Pole, like Bird was, you might not be flying and all of a sudden look down and say, whoa, there's a big hole there. No, actually, my impression is that it, it, it comes upon you gradually that uh, you'd be flying and flying and flying and you start seeing this uh, frozen setting gradually start to become more and more tropical and you're saying what the heck's going on here and you don't even realize that you have actually slipped over the lip uh, of this depression and you are now flying directly down into the earth that's sort of how i envision this and now you might ask yourself like why are we even discussing this we've got satellite pictures and they show there's no hole up there you know what there's a whole chapter in this book that addresses this question of whether or not these photographs are reliable and whether or not there is a very adamant conspiracy to keep this a secret. Um, and we know these images can be doctored, etc., controlled. So, you know, that's addressed. I'll just say that it's addressed. So, look, let me just read you uh, some passages from this book that I think are pretty cool. Uh, this is from uh, chapter 10 of this book. And it's written by Sean Castile. It's called Agarta, Land of Enchantment. Now, let me spell that word for you. Agarta, A-G-H-A-R-T-A, -A -A, Agarta. And the author notes that there are some variations on the spelling of that, but uh, typically it, it just means paradise. All right, so. Here we go. Reading from the book. Belief in the hollow earth has many adherents in our time, but the idea had its beginnings in times long ago. 
Among the wealth of available material on the ancient mystery is an article by Dr. Joshua David Stone called Agartha in the Hollow Earth, in which he explains why he has crossed over into the believer's camp. Quote, the biggest cover-up of all time, Stone writes, conceals the fact that there is a civilization living in the center of the earth known as Agartha. This may be hard for some of you to believe. I know it was for me at first. However, I now have an absolute knowingness of the truth of this, end quote. Stone begins by referring to a fervent belief in Agartha in Buddhist theology. Quote, they believe it to be a race of supermen and women, he explains, who occasionally come to the surface to oversee the development of the human race. They also believe that this subterranean world has millions of inhabitants and many cities, and that their capital is called Shambhala. The master of this world was believed to have given orders to the Dalai Lama of Tibet, who was his terrestrial representative. His messages were being transmitted through certain secret tunnels that connect this inner world with Tibet, end quote. Stone also draws on the testimony of Nicholas Rorick, a famous Russian channel, for the ascended master El Moria, who claimed that Lhasa, the capital of Tibet, was connected by a tunnel with Shambhala. The tunnel's entrance was guarded by lamas who were sworn to secrecy. Another tunnel was believed to connect the secret chambers at the base of the Great Pyramid in Giza with Agartha. A similar belief is held by the Hindus of India and is recorded in one of their most fundamental religious texts, the Ramayana, which tells the story of the great avatar Rama. The Ramayana describes Rama as an, quote, emissary from Agartha who arrived in an air vehicle. Stone believes it is, quote, quite extraordinary that both the Buddhist and Hindu religions independently refer to Agartha and cities like this as evidence for its reality. From some basic ancient references to the hollow earth, Stone moves on to the story of Rear Admiral Richard Byrd's 1947 flight over the North Pole, a story those reading this book will find familiar. Stone draws on Byrd's, quote, secret diary as his primary source and relates how the veteran Navy pilot entered the hollow earth and traveled 1,700 miles over mountains, lakes, rivers with abundant green vegetation and animal life. Byrd would also find cities and a thriving civilization. Quote, his plane was finally greeted by flying machines of a type he had never seen before, Stone writes. They escorted him to a safe landing place, and he was graciously greeted by emissaries from Agartha. End quote. The beings told Bird that he had been allowed to enter Agartha because of his high moral and ethical character. And they said that in the aftermath of the atomic bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they had become concerned about their own safety and survival. 
The being said they now felt compelled to make a more open contact with the outside world to ensure that we did not destroy our own world and their civilization along with it. It was for this reason Bird had been chosen for contact, a person they felt could be trusted. Bird and his crew were then guided by their hosts back to the outer world. In January 1956, Bird led another expedition to the South Pole, during which he and his crew penetrated for 2,300 miles into the center of the Earth. Bird also testified to the fact that the inner Earth is lit by its own sun, and reasoned that the poles of the Earth are convex rather than concave, which thus allows ships and planes to enter freely. It is here that Stone reports on the alleged cover-up. says, quote, The American press announced Byrd's discovery, he writes. However, it was immediately suppressed by our good friends, the secret government. Ray Palmer, the editor of Flying Saucer magazine, did a detailed story on Byrd's discoveries. The U.S. government either bought, stole, or destroyed almost every copy and then even destroyed the plates at the printing press. When the National Geographic released an article on Bird's adventure, the U.S. government again intervened and gobbled up every issue, according to Stone. But further confirmation of Bird's suppressed claims is found in a book by Dr. Raymond Bernard called simply The Hollow Earth. In Bernard's off-sided tome, a Los Angeles doctor named Nephi Cotton reported that one of his patients told him the following story. Now, folks, I'm going to pause for a moment because this is a very interesting visual. And just to make sure you're keeping up with this, this is an account that supposedly came from the patient of a doctor in Los Angeles. The doctor, named Nephi Cotton, says his patient told him the following story. Quote, I lived near the Arctic Circle in Norway, the patient begins. One summer my friend and I made up our minds to take a boat trip together and go as far as we could into the North Country. So we put a month's worth of food provisions in a small fishing boat and set to sea. At the end of one month, we had traveled far into the north, beyond the pole, and into a strange new country. We were much astonished by the weather there. The temperature was so warm that even at night it was difficult to sleep. One day they saw, okay, now that was the end of, the, of a quote there, sorry. <clears throat> it says, we were much astonished by the weather there, end quote. It goes on to say, the temperature was so warm that even at night it was difficult to sleep. One day they saw a mountain into which the ocean seemed to be emptying. Mystified, they stayed their course and found themselves sailing into a vast canyon that led into the interior of the earth. They soon saw the same sun shining within the earth that has been reported down through the ages. 
The ocean he and his friend were traveling on gradually became a river, a river that connects the inner surface of the world from one end to the other. Quote, It can take you, if you follow it long enough, from the North Pole through to the South Pole. End quote. Dr. Cotton's Nordic patient claimed. The anonymous storyteller continued by saying, quote, We saw that the inner surface of the earth was divided, as the other one is, into both land and water. There is plenty of sunshine. We sailed further and further into this fantastic country. Fantastic because everything was huge in size as compared with things on the outside. Plants are big. Trees, gigantic. Finally, we came upon giants. They were dwelling in homes and towns just as we do on the Earth's surface. And they used a type of electrical conveyance, like a monorail car, to transport people. It ran along the river's edge from town to town. The two Nordic gentlemen were soon spotted by some of the giants dwelling in this inner Earth paradise. The giant seemed amazed at seeing the two normal-sized travelers, but kindly offered food and lodging to the pair of interlopers. The Nordic pair stayed with the giants for one year and observed many strange and wonderful things. They were continually amazed at the underground dwellers' scientific progress and high-tech innovations. Quote, All of this time they were never unfriendly to us, the doctor records the patient as saying quote we were allowed to return home in the same manner in which we came in fact they courteously offered their protection if we should need it for the return voyage end quote this chapter goes on to ask has the u.s entered into a treaty with the denizens of the hollow earth goes on from there uh this is a big book it's got great illustrations great photographs uh and you know there's there's too much to summarize lots of documents uh even some uh ufo memos and government documents satellite images it's a wild book it's a wild book um it's got, let's see, mysteries about Mount Shasta, as well as Tibet, the new Atlantis, the Dulce, New Mexico base. We've talked a lot about that and aliens. It's just another really cool, interesting, thought-provoking book, uh, Secret Exploits of Admiral Richard E. Byrd. Uh, if you're interested in checking this out, go to conspiracyjournal.com. That's Timothy Green Beckley's website, conspiracyjournal.com. Again, I'm not making any money off of this. It's just a really cool book, and I like passing along the the content from some of these when they come out. Conspiracyjournal.com. There's also a phone number here, uh, area code 732-602-3407. Again, that's 732-602-3407. 
Um, you know, I, I read stuff like this, and I think, okay, does it feel true to me to think that there is some vast civilization inside this earth that has um, its own sun and beautiful rivers and giant plants and big friendly people who live there? I mean... No, it's 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 very difficult for me to believe that. It's easier for us, I think, to think that if something like that could exist far, far out in outer space, because that is such a weird, um, you know, foreign environment to us, with so many vast, you know, infinite options that uh, you could almost just throw up your hands and say, "Hey, look, in space, anything goes," right? But because we live here on Earth, it may, it makes it harder for us to envision something like that below our feet, so to speak. So, no, it, it, it doesn't feel like that could be possible. But that also could be a very deceptive thing because we, we feel familiar with what's below our feet. But we really shouldn't feel as familiar as we do because we haven't been there. It's a long, long way from here. But we know there is life on this planet, don't we? We know, I mean, we don't know for a fact, according to the mainstream scientists, whether or not there's life out there in space. But we know there's life on this planet. So, maybe that can balance some of that doubt. If we know there's life here on Earth, then that does increase the chances that there is some kind of life inside the Earth as well. So, I don't know. Keep an open mind, I guess. Uh, that's, that's the good thing. You don't want your mind to be so open that your brains fall out. That's what they say, and I agree with that. But, uh... You can, you can do your own research, you can see what you think is real and what's bunk, but I do think that if there were a civilization within the earth, it probably would be a pretty easy secret to keep, because very few people have direct access to go to the poles and snoop around, and, uh, and the means to get in there and see if it's true. I don't know, email me, tell me what you think. My website is joshuapwarren.com. There is no period after the P, joshuapwarren.com. If you go to my website, right now is a, is a wonderful time to do it. I'm always changing stuff on my website. So I hope you will visit it very soon. All right, there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that bonus. And uh, as always, I appreciate you listening to this podcast, Joshua P. Warren Daily.